I can hear you like normal. You just don't sound well. Yeah. <laughs> We've really been looking forward to this. So I apologize for my voice. The universe oh, no was like, oh, she's so excited. Let's give her laryngitis. <laughs> no, you sound very like intriguing and it's, it's good for fangirling. <laughs> Welcome to the Incoherent Pant Girl. Where we have absolutely no fucking chill because we're talking. No voice. No chill and no voice. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are talking to Victoria freaking Aviard. If I could go back and tell like my 22 year old self, she wouldn't believe it. Insane. Maybe not 22, maybe a little older. I don't know. I don't, I can't math. It's okay. I am Mandy of Madrenz. Oh, and I'm Karen of Allward. Hey, we're close. Isn't <laughs> Allward in Madrid? I think Allward is the whole, like, the whole place, the whole realm. And Madrid is oh, one of the cities. One of the things. Okay. I think I so. Allward was a city. I've got this show dog. He's very clingy since I'm sick. That's and fair. He, but he can't, very clingy, but he can't decide. Lap, floor. Well, that's normal for him. I'm going to have another <laughs> meltdown feel it (laughs) it'll be great it was hilarious last time oh my god in the meantime i'm here to tell y'all that in our timeline it is february 21st and unfortunately in your timeline it is march 1st i don't understand how that seems like fake news well by the time you're listening i'll almost have a new washer and dryer (laughs) in theory I was supposed to have one on the 24th, but no, they changed it to March 5th. Rude. Lowe's. Actually, so rude. So rude. This week in fangirling, what'd you do? So I finished. I'm so sorry, you guys. (laughs) I've been like trying to be on vocal rest so that I could talk to Victoria freaking Aviard. And the universe was like, we're going to let you do it. You're just going to sound like a crazy person while I do it. <laughs> I feel fine. I just uh, have a cough and five medications and no voice. Anyways, I finished Blade Breaker by Victoria Aviard. And I've been working on Fate Breaker. I'm almost halfway done. Obviously, more on those later, but not too much more on those because those we're in spoiler territory at this oh, point. Yes, so many spoilers. Yeah, we really can't tell you a lot. Yeah. I also, I've been, because I was supposed to get a new washer and dryer, Mm -hmm. I've been like organizing my laundry room because this one's a little bit bigger. So we have to like, I had shelves like literally touching it. So I had to like reconfigure and get rid of a lot of stuff. So while I was like organizing, I decided to paint because I had some hands of paint left. I listened to Infinity Sun by Adam Silvera. Uh So you have twins, Emil and Brighton, and their brothers growing up in New York City. Brighton's a YouTuber, and he is dead set on growing his following. And Emil is just kind of along for the ride. He carries the tripod. He's like the best brother. Both of them are one of us in that they are fangirls for the Spellwalkers, which is this like vigilante group of celestials that have vowed to rid the world of specters. So you have the Celestials who are born with 
power and specters who take that power, usually from like an endangered creature of some sort. Okay. So they go find something that's endangered and helpless and they take from it violently so that they can have powers. So we've got these brothers. They're convinced that when they turn 18, they're gonna, their power is going to manifest. They're going to join in the fighting for Brighton and like put an end to the fighting for Emil because Emil is more like the pacifist. They go to this protest and they're filming, of course, and they leave and a fight breaks out. And they're kind of involved in it and something happens and Emil's power breaks free. And so he's thrown like into the middle of the spellwalkers, which is what Brighton has always wanted for himself. But it's Emil that happens to. Because of this power, Emil learns some secrets about himself, his relationships, especially with his family and like a past that he's never known. So you've got, I think the it was, I did an audiobook, and I want to say there were four narrators. Based There's on like, what I know, I I believe you're correct. Yeah. I, I well, it's... I mean, like four audio, separate audiobook oh, narrators. Oh, got it. Four yeah. humans read this book instead of like one author or one right. narrator swapping back and forth. You get a ton of POVs. There's like a heist situation, which I'm always surprised at how much I love a heist. <laughs> like I don't know like if you asked me five years ago how do you feel about a heist I'd be like I don't care but like six of crows like all of it I love a heist it's a solid YA urban fantasy so don't expect like realm breaker you know with mm-hmm. a completely different world like this place takes place in New York City right I really liked it and I read it in like a few hours because of course I listened to it sped up and I was working so the time right I started Infinity Reaper today which is book two I just didn't get very far because I had a really hectic work day that I had to like focus on Mm -hmm. it wasn't like one of those work days where you kind of can zone out and do your work and listen so I had to turn it off pretty quickly because you want to focus your whole brain on mm-hmm. this book. But yeah, I'm really excited. I had started Infinity Sun sometime last year. And for yeah, I think I picked I remember you mentioned it. Yeah, I feel like I picked up something like there was something coming out that I was more excited about. So I or like more looking forward to because I am excited about this book. It was good. So I actually like read through the whole thing and paid yeah. attention and I'm really glad that I reread it because I wouldn't have made it through in any part of Infinity Reaper, I would have forgotten anything. <laughs> and I think other than cough and clean and sleep and medicate, I haven't done <laughs> anything. What did you do this week? Mine's also been a pretty slow week. I also finished Blade Breaker by Victoria Aviard. And I'm about, I'm behind you in Fate Breaker. I'm about uh, 150 pages in to like a 640 page book so i'm doing that and then the only other thing that i read is eva evergreen semi-magical witch by julie abe uh it has been my daughter's bedtime storybook for the past several weeks because we read about a chapter a night and i see eva because that's how it's spelled but the audiobook narrator pronounces it Ava Evergreen. So I guess I should probably start saying it correctly. Is it uh, EVA? EVA. That's how Ava Mendez spells her name. And it's Ava. Is it? I've mm-hmm. always pronounced that Eva. So it's yeah. like a switch for me. But I think it can so, be either way. I think probably people do use Eva. Um, so Ava is the daughter of the one of 
her mom is like a grandmaster in the I guess I don't know how to explain it. It's that's not like a coven. Like there's witch. Oh, it's a council, right? Um, and so they have witches, and there's very few witches in you know their realm that they're in. And so Ava is has become of age and now has the opportunity to go on her novice witch quest, which is good because she's been excited about it but like there is a particular member of the council and as well as this council member's nephew who think that ava should not be allowed to go on her quest because she only as ava puts it she only has a pinch of magic and isn't as strong as other witches a pinch of magic is still a pinch exactly and i mean that's kind of the lesson that she has to learn throughout this book is that just because she only has a pinch of magic doesn't mean she can't make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so she does end up going on her novice witch quest, which sends her off to the city of Outry, where she has to convince the leader. I don't know if I think the she is a mayor, the mayor of Outry to let her stay there and be their like city's witch for one moon while she's on her quest and she she has to basically like help the town and leave it a better place than when she found it and help them protect them from something called the culling which sounds to me like it's like major like sounds sinister it does sound sinister, but the way that it's described is kind of like a huge natural natural disaster, but it's not natural. Like it's imagine if like Hurricane Katrina, but somebody made that happen kind of thing. So mm. it's like the thing mm. itself is like a natural disaster, but it is not happening it was naturally. by somebody else. And so Ava is spending her time trying to figure out like, how do I protect Autry from the culling? And they think that they're going to get warning, you know, before it comes. So she's just racking her brain, basically trying to figure out how she's going to pass her, her novice witch quest to get her novice witch license and also to protect this town that she is starting to fall in love with because she's been there. She's been with these people and, you know, everybody knows everybody. And so she's really dead set on trying to protect them. And it ends on like a cliffhanger <laughs> and it's like and it's to, and it's not even one of those where it's like okay this i mean like this is finished but like yeah. it's very clear there's a second book like when the last chapter i don't know if it's the last chapter or the epilogue but when that played my daughter and i were both like what she literally Wait like a minute <laughs> covered her mouth she's like <gasps> like she was so shocked like what so i have a sneaking suspicion we will be starting book two very shortly. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not in audiobook for some reason, but we do oh. have the paperback, so I will be reading it. Not as cool as an audiobook narrator, but I'll do my best. <laughs> hey, moms are the coolest. Yeah, I, I'm, moms I'm gonna do reading my best. to their kids are the coolest. And that is, I mean, I finished How You Get the Girl, which was excellent, as I knew it was going to be. But that was pretty much my week. I didn't do a whole lot this week. That's okay. Sometimes we need slow weeks. I needed yeah. a slow week. I feel like I feel like February is like, I feel like this last year, like last year, February was really slow. And this year, February is really slow. 
Like yeah. I'm not reading as much as I normally do, which is not a problem. I'm just like, no. that's interesting that that happens around the same time. You just want a break. But I mean, is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not it a is. break from reading, but like but sometimes you just need to like touch grass. I hate the trend of people like every year. I think I have started with like a lower reading goal because like I hate the I have to beat last year mentality. It's like, yeah, it's a hobby. It doesn't have to be a race. Right. It's something that you're doing for fun. You don't have to make it stressful on yourself. So if you don't feel like reading today, yeah, here's your permission. You don't have to read. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. if you want to take the month of February off from reading and just be a vegetable and rot on your couch, I've been doing that. You've <laughs> <laughs> been That's, doing that. Yeah. I'm with you. For sure. So that's where I'm at. Do you have a fictional boyfriend this week? Do I ever. We're going to arm wrestle. <laughs> I'm so sorry to inform everybody, but I have found my soulmate and his name is Andrew Trollin. <laughs> the love it. of my life. Sweet angel. I am so obsessed with him. I love him I so much. I know. When and and you were like, Killorn and Andrea are the same person. Like I'll fight you. I'm like, different of course not. Like I don't, I don't same need person. To, different. I font. believe you. I believe you. I agree yeah. with that. Oh yeah. my god, do I love him? So I, I agree, Andrea. My I heart. Said, I said Andrea and Char Charlie Armand. I love Charlie too. <laughs> I just I don't know something about him. Me. Something about Charlie, you won't get this yet. Charlie reminds me of Aiden from Bone of Glass. Aiden, <laughs> how some people say it. And I am an Aiden apologist. A lot of people <laughs> don't like him. I feel like he was done very wrongly. Mm -hmm. And I think that his reaction to things were appropriate, <laughs> like given the things that are done to him. And I don't know. I don't know why Charlie gives me Aiden vibes, but I just love him. I just cannot help it. I'm just like, give me that, baby. I want to <laughs> protect you. I'll I'll make sure nothing gets you, sweet little angel. Love. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm so nervous reading Fate Breaker. I'm just so nervous because no. I don't trust no. anything. I don't trust no. anything. I don't after, trust this woman at all. After after that book one like surprise mm -mm. i trust nothing yeah. i trust nothing i'm I mean, so nervous and the no i don't think so in in red <laughs> queen like one thing about victoria aviard is she is going to like take what because a lot of times like you you know what's going to happen in a book mm -hmm. and, and it's okay it's not like this book sucks because i can see what's happening right. like, you kind of want to have that control over like right whatever, Oh, she's going to let you think, you know, <laughs> and then she's going to turn your life upside down. And I freaking, I'm so glad you finally got on the train with me. I'm, like, so, I'm so, so glad. nervous. Andre is the love of my life and yeah. I will be taking no questions. <laughs> you know, I posted I'm something today. You said that. I, I posted something today and I was just like, oh, I hit my table. Um, I was like, so you're telling me I'm supposed to like, exist in real life and date real men when fictional men like Kalorn Warren and Andrew Trallin exist? I think not. I think not. I, mean, <laughs> I got lucky in that I got married before I read Shatter Me because <laughs> had I read that monologue before dating, I would like my standards would have been 
astronomical. Astronomical. (laughs) (laughs) I got a good one. I'll keep mine. Yeah. 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 So fictional boyfriend, Andrew Trellin this week and forever. I had two. Andrew and Charlie, my sweet babies. Love them. I just want to keep them both safe. Yes. Facts. (laughs) That sound means we have an intruder alert. You guys. I might throw up. This is insane. I can't believe I'm about to say these words. Uh, But we have Victoria Aveyard on the podcast. Um, before we get started i have to tell you the story of how this kind of like was faded (laughs) because for real for reals about in january 19th 2023 mandy said casually threw out some names she was just like robbie couch victoria aviard come join us on the podcast (laughs) january 19th of this year was when we confirmed the date Yay, for you I'm to come on. With you. We were like, yeah. wait, this oh, is that's insane. That's so cool. That's like kismet. That's nice. Yeah. So now you we have. Have you had him on yet or is he in the works? We've had Robbie. Okay. And we have secrets. Okay. Uh-huh. So you're potentially closing in on, I, I guess, it's not bingo. The trifecta. The trifecta. You're like getting your exes. Yeah. So we're very excited that you're here. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. And I don't know when this is going to air, but this is right before I go on tour for Fate Breaker. So yeah. I feel like I'm in a really safe, fun space to kind of warm up for tour and and like be with other people (laughs) yeah so normally or the first thing we ask our guest is to kind of give us an elevator pitch of the book but this is you know book three of a trilogy so it's I feel like it's hard to do that without spoilers so if you want to give yeah I default to talking about the series sort of as a whole and I feel like if I can hook you with the idea of the series and the first book then, then it'll yes. be time to tell you the third one. So the way that I talk about Realmbreaker, I like to say it's Lord of the Rings meets Guardians of the Galaxy. I was sort of intrigued by this question of what would happen if like the Fellowship failed to destroy the ring and who would be the JV team of saving the world. You know, the A team didn't, didn't cut it. Who's the B team and what does that look like? And I love examining the idea of people who aren't the usual heroes being forced to be heroes. And I also, in regards to Realmbreaker and then Lord of the Rings specifically, like I grew up a fan fiction nerd. I was very much reading like Lord of the Rings fan fiction when I was a teenager and I wrote a lot of it too, but you'll never find it. It's all gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> And when it came time for me to think about what next book I wanted to write after Red Queen, I had a lot of luck with that series. And I had a publisher who basically was like, what do you want to write next? And I thought, well, what did I want to read when I was a young adult reader? Like when I was that age, what was I pursuing? What was I looking for? What was I not finding? And I thought about my fan fiction. And I thought about all these stories that I loved that didn't feel like they loved me back or like didn't have space for me in them. And I know I am not alone in that feeling. You know, Lord of the Rings, unless you're a straight white guy, you're really not on the adventure. So I kind of figured like, oh my God, maybe now I'm like writing books now. I have a publisher asking me, what do I want to write? And I'm thinking maybe this is my chance to sort of write my version of that fantasy adventure that I always wanted to be a part of. So Realmbreaker was born. 
And it's very much about a bunch of misfits and criminals and <laughs> sort of ne'er-do-wells who have to save the world because they don't want to die. Yeah. I it, mean, I, I love that description. Me, so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like an entire generation of people will just be like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, sign like, me up. Okay, because so- like you said, if you're not a straight white guy like yeah you're not you're not being represented there but everybody like i don't know anybody who didn't like lord of the rings you know right no. you so know and like- i i agree i totally agree and there are some people who are like oh how can you you know say that this thing you love didn't give you something it's like no it's okay to be like yeah. i love this so fully i was so obsessed like me and my friend had a legless shrine in one of our closets um, you can also look at the things you love and want more from them I think that's mm-hmm. totally right. fine, like, part of growing up and part of media literacy we don't just sit there and say everything is a perfect 10 all the time it can be a perfect 10 and need something else too that's totally yes. fine yes well I can confirm that uh the next generation loves you I have uh, my twin nieces live with me. They just turned 15 and it's been like a year ago. One of their friends called them and she answers on speakerphone and all of their friends call me Aunt Mandy. And so she says, are you with Aunt Mandy? And she says, yes. And she says, put her on the phone. And she was reading Red Queen. Oh my she God. She needed somebody to scream about it with. And she called me. Yay. Oh, I'm glad that you guys got to have a nice scream. That is the best thing. I know. So now I'm like going to get her started on Realm Breaker. Oh, good. But um, it is really cool because Red Queen came out nine years ago. And you sort of think, you know, when a series ends, it's sort of over. And one of the cool things mm-hmm. about social media right now, especially like Book Talk, Bookstagram, is a lot of books are being brought back or they're finding new audiences. And so when I get people who are like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm just starting your books. I'm like, please do not apologize for this thing that you're still finding them. Yeah. Yeah, I just binged all of Red Queen recently, and I was just, like, (laughs) live reacting to Mandy. I'm like, I live for it. It We're both Killorn girlies. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I was like, listen, why do I have to live in a world where Killorn Warren and Andrew Trellin don't exist? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I saw you. Like, like, the actual loves of my life. It was was on, I think it was Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I'm like. Which platform? I, <laughs> I was just I like, I, d- I don't want to live without them. No. <laughs> I was so anxious. I'm still anxious. Like, I haven't quite <laughs> finished Fate Breaker yet. So I'm like, I oh don't my. trust her. I don't trust that Victoria yeah. lady. <laughs> We're nervous. He wasn't my okay. husband at the time, but that major injury that Kalorn takes in Warstorm. I definitely had my then friend walk me through how I would do that from a medical standpoint. And that was my version of flirting. I love, I love that, that so, so much. It worked. Hey. <laughs> you got the ring. You, you knocked him down. Yep. Did it. Okay. So you have some one-liners, especially in this series that like just are murderous. So for example, you say, you can't die with glory if there's no one left to remember your name. Mm-hmm. How do these come to you? Do they come to you like Ooh. while you're writing or do they come to you at 3 a.m. and you're like, book? It's a little bit of both. So I remember for Red Queen too, I really did this. I had a document where I would just write down quotes that, like you said, kind of struck you in the middle of the night or you're doing something totally different. And you think, oh my God. And you think that line 
And then you sort of wonder, how do I get that line in there? What does that line mean? What is it? How does it relate to this person? Because I kind of, I know who it's coming from when I hear like a line in my head. And then sometimes it's totally organic and you're just deep in the scene and you're writing the lines as they go. For, for me, when I'm drafting dialogue, especially a dialogue heavy scene, I will just write the dialogue almost like it's a script. And then I will go back and fill in the like he said or she paced or the just sort of the directionals will be added later. But that way I can keep the pace of like an actual conversation and really game it out in my mind as people would actually talk. Because sometimes you're reading a book and you're you're reading the dialogue and you're like, this is this is so weird. Like people don't speak like this, even yeah. something yeah. that's, you know, older or medieval or has more of a historical bend. There's still some lines you read where you're like that line sucks <laughs> and a lot of the times I think it comes from we're writing it the way that you would you know type every other word as opposed to writing it the way a conversation flows so that helps a lot um but then my good lines sometimes they're inspiration in the middle of the night and sometimes they're just in the moment yeah. and write the line and you feel your fingers tapping the keys and you see the line kind of start to form and you're like oh my god I'm Doing really this. good at this and then <laughs> Don't do anything else for six hours and go back to beating yourself up. <laughs> you answered one of my questions in there. I was going to ask if you write because I, you studied screenwriting, right? Yeah. Did you? I was going to ask if you write like script and then mm -hmm. fill it in. So that's cool to know. Yeah. One of the other things I think even more so than drafting dialogue that I think I've taken from my screenwriting background into writing prose and fiction specifically YA, I think this is why I do YA very well or why I gravitate towards YA is because in screenwriting, pace is super important. You want the reader to be flipping each page as fast as possible. You're trying to keep as much white space on the page as possible. You're writing for people who don't really read. So you need to keep <laughs> up the momentum very, very much. And I think that's the beauty of YA. I've, I've discussed this before with other people on social media. And there's all of that conversation of like, why do people want spice in YA? Or what are adults going to YA for? And then being mad they're not finding. I think the thing that people really connect to in YA, regardless of the age of the reader, is the pace. And so when they go to like romanticy and there's the whole, oh, it's YA but with spice. I don't think it's the young character that the people are looking for. It's the pace of the work. And it's sort of that propulsive, you cannot stop turning the page and we're never slowing down and there's never sort of an opportunity to get bored. And I love writing like that. I love yeah. writing for that sort of attention span because that's the <laughs> attention span I have. Uh, and that's what we were taught in screenwriting. You know, if a scene lasts longer than three pages, you're doing something wrong. And so I always kind of carry that in the back of my head and I'm always trimming for movement, even down to what the page looks like. I definitely have times where I look at a page and I think that page is going to look super intimidating to the eyeball. How do we break that up? So you're like oh. psychologically making the person push forward. Because if you see a big block of text, it doesn't matter if that's the most beautiful paragraph in the world. Someone's eye is going to glaze over it. Yeah, they're going to speed read past it. Kind of break it up and bring in that white space. I think George R. R. Martin does that too. And he also has a background in screenwriting. I love that. I'm like, that's really cool to think about. I've never so really thought about it. I have right so now. many little tricks that have nothing to do with writing to make <laughs> people keep reading my book. <laughs> This is like a masterclass in writing. Like, I know. I, I didn't write. prepare for this at all. 
That's okay because that's that's on brand for the podcast. Yeah. We made we named incoherent it specific. Girl. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I listened to the first two books on audiobook. Ooh, so okay. I'm now reading Fate Breaker, okay. physically reading it. And I'm getting a lot of names that I did not spell correctly in my head. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like I hesitated ever texting Mandy like reactions because I was yes. like I don't know how to spell anybody's name yeah. <laughs> um, so is there because I I've asked a couple people how do they pronounce mm -hmm. Demacreon mm -hmm. and when I explain it to them they're like oh that sounds Gaelic I'm like is that like did you pull from different languages to to a get these bit. together a little bit there are definitely flavors of a lot of different languages depending on the character and their culture and language base uh for democrion specifically yes i pulled from um scottish gaelic my mom is from scotland so that was the one that i really and i have i have an uncle or like not a blood uncle but an uncle who has scolded me multiple times for mixing up gaelic and gaelic so i'm always like oh. gaelic because my <laughs> uncle will yell at me uh but anyways that was sort of the flavor but at the same time, you want to kind of make it your own. And in using the names and using the languages, that is another trick. So you don't exactly like invent languages. I'm not Tolkien. I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm not a linguist. What I do do is I make a list of which letters each language would use more than other letters. So like this language does not use C. They use K. So I want a reader's eye to be able to identify when they're reading, not necessarily an audiobook, but I want them to see by the end of that first book, if they see a name, they kind of have an inkling of where that person is from already, just on the way it's spelled and what, what letters are being used. And then with Democreon specifically, I came into it, same as Cal, where I was like, I know I want him to have a longer, bigger name that other people shorten and use as a nickname. For Cal, it was more like, oh, that's attractive. And for Dom, it was more of, I'm satirizing a little bit that Lord of the Rings thing where you have those names that are really intimidating and look look like a little too long. And then the other characters in the world of the story are like, I'm giving you a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> that Those kind of reactions, that like realist inside the unreal world makes it more believable. So you have all these extraordinary things and I'm working as hard as I can to make you believe that it's ordinary. And that's another one of my like, little tools is to make the characters call out when something's ridiculous or when something is strange to them. And then you don't feel like, oh, wait, this thing is intimidating. Yeah, I'm the weirdo. feel stupid. <laughs> they are also <laughs> like in world, he is still separate and apart in this way. You make the the, the characters like relatable because yeah. This, yeah. bigger than life person is still. Right. It's weird. all about making the reader dumb. believe the story because yeah. it's unbelievable. But as soon as the reader is kind of jarred out of that um, suspension of disbelief, it's really, really hard to get them back. So I'm always doing everything I can to make you keep believing the world exists. Yeah. And having characters call out extraordinary things helps a lot. So like a character like Sarasa was so helpful in maintaining that sort <laughs> of, you know, we can get really, yes. really high and then she brings you right back to reality. Yeah, she <laughs> I is. love her. And I don't, I, I don't know if this is a weird millennial thing. I don't, y'all, y'all could tell me or not. Every time I hear her name, I also think Michael Scarn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wonder what those two would look like. And I love it. <laughs> I want to see these two together. Okay. Rough. So we're going to send her on a mission to Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I, I guess it was because I was doing the audio book and like, I don't know. I am really interested in the um, 
the experience of audiobook versus reading because I think this series specifically, Realm Breaker, is a bit more difficult than uh, the yeah. reading experience. It definitely is like you need to because a lot of times when I'm listening to an audiobook, I will be doing working on something right, else. Right. With this one, you have to be a little yeah. bit more tuned into it. Be involved. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to um the TikTok series that just blew up this week from Risa Tisa. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, listened to that for, I went on a long walk today and I listened to it for like Poor two women. hours. And that's absolutely something where you're like, oh my God, I'm so engaged, but I also can do other things at the same time. Yeah. Whereas some books, I feel like if I was listening to them on audiobook and I was driving a car, I'd be off the road yeah. immediately like, yeah. or miss everything. So that's interesting. So you get to have both and now you actually get to have a map available to you to look at. Must have been speaking so of maps, speaking of maps, okay, I've been in the room where you've talked about this before and cool. it literally like changed the way. Yeah. I was with you in Atlanta with Tiffany D. Jackson. And oh, like, fun. Yeah. She's um, great. Oh my God. I love uh, that. Yeah. She was, you asked her how she pronounced Demacrion and she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, you said something about maps that like changed how I look at fantasy mm -hmm. maps so can you tell our listeners about like the importance of the trade system and water sources and maps while I hold up I'm like map. blushing it's so it's so nerdy <laughs> but like the most gorgeous map I've ever oh, seen oh thank you so I did like the original and then we had this wonderful artist who specifically specializes in maps her name is Francesca Berald and she made it into this incredible art piece that like I want a poster size of it on my yeah. wall. But for me, when I open a fantasy book or a book with a fictional map in it, the first thing I check, <laughs> I check <laughs> if there's, I check to see if the rivers make sense. And sometimes they, a lot of the times they do, but sometimes like the rivers don't start in the mountains or they branch the wrong way or they flow the wrong way. And I'm like, unless there is a magical reason as to why this is happening, I'm going to have a problem. Um, and that's just my weird, I don't even know what to call it. Like that is my tick, I guess. I need the map to make sense because again, I feel like there are some rules in the physical world and geography that unless there is something in your fictional world that explains why it doesn't work the way we think it should work, you're going to make someone like me be like, wait, why is this happening? And you're going to lose that suspension of disbelief. So again, I'm like, I want the map to feel real. I want it to look real. I don't want to give you any bumps in your journey to understanding something that's already pretty complex. I want to pave the way as much as I can. So having a map that feels real, that looks real, that has things on it that you're like, oh yeah, that does make sense. Like there should be a city there. Like that's a natural Harbor. That's a river Delta. That's a crossroad. Of course there's a trade center, blah, blah, blah. that kind of stuff. Love it so love much. It. Now and, you've ruined me. And then in terms <laughs> of world building and people talk about like, oh, how do you make this, this country feel where feel real or this culture or this language? Geography informs all of those things. You know, where a mountain range is or where a river is is going to inform a political border. It's going to inform uh, the way people travel and how goods get somewhere. It's going to inform, you know, where wars are fought. And like climate and weather patterns and wind, that's all going to inform trade, which then is going to inform where people live. So for me, the easiest step in world building is I need that world first, because then it's almost like I have an infrastructure or like guidelines already of telling me like, this is a border. So what are the two people on either side of it? Are they related? Do they hate each other? What's their history? And like, you just keep asking yourself all these little questions that seem like natural, like, oh, this is a river. 
is there a port at the end of this river? Where does this river go? Like it, it just makes it easier for me once I have that map. You'll never look at a fantasy map. <laughs> I never will. I never but, will. Yeah. The same way again. <laughs> I, I can't remember where I read this, but it, it was almost like when you're drawing a fantasy map, though, don't be too precious because the imperfections are going to be the things that are cool. And it's like, oh, I drew this island and it looks too round. It's like, well, why does it look too round? Did something happen here that was magical? Is it a man-made island? And then you're like, oh, cool, 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 cool. So it's yeah, not what just level geography. I feel like yeah. I'm getting smarter just <laughs> no. talk. I'm telling you, it's yeah. amazing. This is magic. And of <laughs> she's going to go and like open every fantasy book after this and be like, this is I know. trash. But of course, <laughs> of course, at the end of the day, we are again, always doing everything we can in service of making the audience believe. So for me, that sometimes means like pulling back on how complex I'm making something or how much information I'm giving because I don't want to overwhelm you ever. So I'm always trying to separate what I'm interested in, which may not be something a reader needs at that moment. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, so go ahead. I was going to ask if you have <laughs> a favorite companion before. <laughs> like, do you have a favorite of all of them? Oh, no. So sort of like choosing between your children and parents will say... I can't do that. But of course, every parent has their favorite child. <laughs> it's hard because at least, you know, Corrine is always number one in my head because I, I relate to her so much and I love her journey. Uh, but also Sarasa is so much fun to write. And then so is Erida. Like there's so much similar to Evangeline. Like there's so much I love in there. Erida. I know you're not supposed to, but I, I love her. And there, she has some lines where I'm like, you go, girl, but also, yeah. oh, my God, take it down a notch. <laughs> Less murdery, but we can right. like, get them. You we might have mean. a point, but like, ah. Uh, let's back up yeah. a little yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So kind of along that same vein, we have a segment on our podcast, which we call Fictional Boyfriend of the Week. Ooh. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a boyfriend. We were just kind of playing off the idea of a book boyfriend. Okay. Um, but we basically just pick a character that we have read or we watched that week that we're like this person, this person. Mm. Um, this we've week, said Kaloran, we we've said Maven, we've both Ooh. been Andrew girls. Andrea is, is my, the love of my life this week. <laughs> so <laughs> do you have any characters that you're just like, that's the one? That's the one. It doesn't have to be real, in your book. Yeah. yeah. This um, is where everything you've ever read leaves your brain. And you're like, I, I don't know. Well, what I'm also reading a lot for research right now. And so it's, it's like nonfiction. So I'm like, Oh, can't, can't do that real person. <laughs> I did admit the other day that one of my favorite fan fictions ever was a band of brothers fan fiction. And those are real people. And that's very, very tough to wrap your brain around. <laughs> The, the prose book I'm reading right now is Sabatihira's new book. So I can't really say much of anything. Yes. But there are multiple book boyfriend and girlfriends that I am I am enjoying my time with right now. Uh, my husband is currently reading the Queen's Thief series. I got him into it. So I would also have to say, like, I'm watching him read that series for the first time and wishing I could read it again for the first time. <laughs> True book boyfriend would probably be Eugenides from the Queen's Thief series and if you haven't read that by Megan Whale and Turner I will spread the, the gospel second author who has told us that it's yeah. so good and again you just listen to my world building spiel she world builds like nobody's business but also does does it in a way that doesn't overwhelm you she never gives you more information than you need and sometimes you're getting the wrong information it's the best like unreliable narrator <laughs> series and then also book two slash three, you're suddenly like, oh my God, I'm in the middle of a slow burn romance. Are you kidding? 
<laughs> everything I've ever wanted. I know. And it's good and it's so cinematic and it escalates in such a cool way. I love books, especially a series where the first book feels so big and the stakes feel so high. And then you get to book like three or book five and you look back and you're like, how the hell did I ever think that was hard? Like, it feels like the video game leveling up situation. Yeah. Yeah. I love books that do that. All right. This officially like bumped way up my list. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the first person yeah. who's mentioned it. Cool. Us. I am so glad you give it my stamp of approval. <laughs> the other question that we always ask, and you've, you've kind of answered this, what are you reading? And like, what would you recommend people read other than your Ooh. books? Ooh, okay. Well, I just did my whole recommendation, <laughs> but um, probably one of my favorite books of the last 10 years and another series that does the escalation so well and has a fantastic slow burn romance. And um, just like the atmosphere of the books is so beautifully done is the Bear and the Nightingale series by Catherine Arden. It's called the Winter Night series. And she's just had a new book come out called The Warm Hands of Ghosts, which is set in World War One, And I haven't read it yet. And I'm really excited to read it. <laughs> I got all these research books to read, so I'm like, mm. um, so I would recommend that. I am also reading Air by Saba Tahir right now. So if you were someone who wanted more from Ember in the Ashes, or you want to like jump in because you don't have to have read those ones to get this, she's another one who is like a world building my heart out. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I can't wait. Um, so before before we let you go, um, because you are going on tour, like. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, 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 we have to know, like, what are you working on right now? Is there mm. anything you can tease, anything you can talk about? Or is it all very, very hush-hush because it's just happening? It's interesting because I'm like, on the one hand, I'm like, why is this hush-hush? But I guess <laughs> business-wise, um, I technically, I haven't sold what I'm working on yet. I'm working on a proposal for what would hopefully be my adult debut. And I can say it's like a standalone and it's not second world fantasy and part of me wanted to say it's more along the lines of like romance but I have learned that romance needs to have a happy ending (laughs) 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 if it's if it's billed as a romance then people expect an HEA well it's like how do you because I define happy endings in a lot of different ways Okay, see, most everybody alive needs to survive, the okay? Right, everybody, right. Everybody at least one person left alive. That's a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I will I not take on wait. that fight. That is not for me. <laughs> I cannot wait. That's so like exciting. I need that yesterday. Yeah, I want, I'm excited. I um hope I can do it justice because it's kind of ambitious the way I want to write it, like the structure that I want to do. And then um, behind that, I also have a YA duology back to my fantasy roots and a little more like high fantasy, like royal romance betrayals, all my shit. <laughs> I love it. That's so I'm trying to here keep, for. I don't want to work too much on this, the YA one, even though that one I'm very excited about. I, I need to focus. <laughs> yeah. But well, the hope in the adult one, I want that one too. Ready. <laughs> yeah. the We're ready. Those all kind of outlined and, and sold basically the way the publishing works. And then I would have, okay, that's my next five years of my life sort of structured up. Yeah. So we kind of jump in five year increments for the most part, at least in my in my experience so far. And I'm at the edge of like, okay, that five years is done. Am I gonna be employed? <laughs> <laughs> what the next guy yeah, we gotta do something <laughs> uh, indie food's gotta come from somewhere guys yeah you got and, this. 
And I'm launching a book in like four days. <laughs> so you excited for everybody to read We're it. So excited. Yeah. Thank um, you. And I appreciate you guys reading it. I'm so glad you're liking it. Oh, I'm loving it. Um, just, one I'm last like, thing before <laughs> we let you go. I need you to kiss Indy and Olive. Is it Olive? Oh, yes. Olive. I need you Olive. to kiss them for me. I will. I will give them both big kisses. <laughs> for you <laughs> thank you well, <laughs> to those I, listening those are dogs <laughs> yeah I'm obsessed with them they're so beautiful oh thank you any of our <laughs> listeners will know once Mandy starts listing yeah. names it's not people it's dogs, <laughs> no, it's, it's dogs. I know uh, Indy is potentially coming to my LA event we'll see if we can make it work oh and and my, that my was... husband's like my husband's like indie meet and greet advertise it like that and you'll get a lot of people <laughs> you like, don't like, Hold threaten on. me that's, with a flight to la that's like the first right march 1st I can yes it, it is that's my last of the u.s events and then I every time every time i see like an la event i'm like is it close enough to the weekend that i can take time off and drive down because i'm in the bay area Ooh. oh okay so i'm like can I make this work? That's a Friday. So it is. The LA ones are hard too. Traffic is hard. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are at like the Grove on a Friday and you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm always like, you know, I, I think I could make that work. It's fine. It's fine. I'll figure well, it out. <laughs> it goes both ways because there are so many tr- uh, like author events that happen and I'm like, they're only going to the Bay Area. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who are you having? Because I, I never get people here. I'm always like, why are they in LA? We're here too. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm just going to cry in Georgian. Okay. I'm in Georgia. I don't get, no. I got, I got you once. Hey, you have you have some great indies down there. You've got some good book festivals. You are I not. I do. <laughs> I know that's true. <laughs> well, before we finally actually let you go, we do okay. have to give you a disclaimer. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Now that you have been on the podcast, you're actually legally obligated to come back for all future book releases. Oh no! Um, I'm, I'm so sorry. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make the rules. We just enforce them. <laughs> Oh, that's what that fine print was. Got it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, we absolutely would love to have you back whenever the next thing comes out because we love everything that you've written. Yeah. Thank you. And I really so we're appreciate very it. For the next. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being a wonderful, like technically, I guess this is like my first ish event of the tour <laughs> season for me. So thank you for being so lovely and welcoming and making this feel easy. <laughs> You got this. You got. You're this. gonna kill it on tour. Yeah, it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thank you so much get... for joining us. It's Thank been you. a blast. It's been a everybody dream, go <laughs> order. I just have it on my Kindle. Everybody go order Fate Breaker <laughs> right now. I have a stack. Oh, wrong way. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> go do it. Yeah. By the time, so by the time this episode comes out, the book will be out in the world, so you can just walk into a store, Sick. pick it up. And well, don't start reading if you haven't read the first two, yeah, but read like, the other two first, yeah, go to your two. local indie and buy all three, buy all three and then start reading immediately. Yes. Bring a cart. <laughs> They're heavy. They are. <laughs> They're worth it. Check out the maps. They are excellent, beautiful and accurate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. We don't want to keep you anymore. Tour. Tour. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for doing this on Wednesday for me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Like I said, 3 a.m. We do it whenever. No worries. And I guess I am obligated to see you again. Hey, we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, George Bailey. Bye, buddy.
<laughs> Victoria Aviard said your dog's name. She remembered your name. She said George Bailey's name. That makes you practically best friends with Indy. This what? Is, what just happened? And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Indy is, shame on you. How dare Go you. follow Victoria and see that beautiful dog. And I think that Olive is like Indy's cousin or aunt or something. She's not Indy's sister. They're and they're not in the same house, but they're together a lot. And they're related. both very cute. They're related, they're related somehow. They're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We just talked to Victoria Avian. What? Throw is, up. A, is, this is a fever dream. This is. I know. Like, I feel like I'm going to be woken up and they're going to be like, no, no author has ever come to talk to you. Sorry. This is insane. Insane, you guys. I feel like, I feel like at the beginning of Fate Breaker where everybody was like, is this a dream? <laughs> like, that's how I feel. Is this I know. a dream? Is it? It's not. It's real. I pinched I mean, myself. It hurt. I pinched myself and George Bailey was jumping my, my computer half the time. So if you see me like, if you're on Patreon and you see me like picking my desk moving, it's because I was trying to shut this dog up to stop him from interrupting her. Victoria Aviard is talking. I truly feel like that was like a master class in writing. Like, I feel like I'm I telling can go you. pick up my book and start knocking it out right now if you get if you are in any cities that she is touring to or if you are ever at a book festival where she is doing panels go to everyone because she drops these like nuggets of information and knowledge and like tidbits that'll help authors and they like I said this map thing I never would have thought about looking at a fantasy map and I'm like the book that I'm writing takes place in like this world so I don't need that information right now that is so good to know if you like if I ever wanted to go into like a high fantasy right where I have to actually build the world because it, she's not wrong the river should make sense you shouldn't just have a river that starts nowhere right it just yeah yeah literally I just I feel like I learned so much just in the and last uh, and it's half like hour. that anytime she does like any sort of talk or speech or like anything informational where people can Q and A with her, it is so cool. Like she will blow your mind and you will learn so much. So it's cool as an aspiring author to listen to her. She's very inspirational. Yeah, I love that that how she writes dialogue heavy scenes because I never would have thought about that. <laughs> I never would have thought about that because she's right. Like when you're writing, when you're reading, it's broken up into bits and pieces because you have to put in all the actions as well. But that's not how it is in real life. It's not broken up. Right. Like the actions just happen alongside a conversation. So if you just write out the conversation first and then add in the other pieces, it feels so much more natural. And I never yeah. thought of that. Honestly, it made Genius. me feel so seen because that's what I do. Like my book right now is like 85% yes. dialogue. And yeah. I'm going back now and adding the, adding in he the set motions. down the yeah. plate and, you know, he, she tripped over everything. this yeah. or she brushed her hair back from her. Like, oh, yeah, my God, it's she makes you want, like, I want to say after I saw her in Atlanta with Tiffany D. Jackson, I was writing on my phone in the car on the way home because it was like so inspiring. And you're like, this yes. makes me want to like put metaphorical pen to paper. Yeah, I literally want to log off and start writing right now. Like, I feel See? like I have learned so much about the craft just in these, yeah. this past, like, half hour. 
Like, so next, if she's at Y'all West or if you come to another Y'all Fest and she's here, go sit through as many of her panels as she can. Right. Like, that's why I know I looked like antisocial at Y'all Fest because I spent so much time in panels. But I love, like, I would rather order a signed copy from an author of a book and hear them, like, speak, even if I can't, like, one-on-one yeah. -on -one with them. Right. Because it's so much learning. Yeah. It's, oh my God, my mind is like blown right now. I have yeah. running through my mind right now. That was amazing. And also we talked to Victoria Aviar. I don't believe that. I, I just still don't. can't wrap my mind around that. Like, I know I'm going to look at the selfie right now because like, if it's what? on my phone, it's real. <laughs> it's there. It's there. It's real. It's there. Oh my God. You guys. Victoria so Aviar, she's like the level of like, like. I would expect, like, in, like, seven, eight, nine years, we would get her on the podcast. Not in year three. Oh, no. I'm, like, amazed. I'm blown away. I'm blown away. Like, George Bailey, Victoria Avier had said your name. What? I can't believe that. This is... My brain is melting. I can't wait until we can announce her so that I can tell the world. Victoria Aviard said George Bailey's name. She remembered yeah. a, a half an hour later. Right. That was so cool. That's so cool. And we had a cool announcement to make. Yeah. Hey guys, have you heard of Mike Martin? <laughs> Mike? Oh, wait, is it Mike Martin? Mike Martin. Mike Martin. Mike Martin. <laughs> I'm having trouble speaking, clearly. <laughs> Mike well, Martin. Mike Martin, who aka is voiced by Joshua Jackson, aka Pacey from Dawson's Creek. And we're going to get to talk to Mike Martin's mother. Jenny Holiday is coming to the podcast. Yay. We're so excited. Yay. We're going to talk about all things Canadian boyfriend. And I'm hoping that we find out why, just why does Rory keep calling him Mike Martin? I need to know. <laughs> Give us all the details. We're dying over here. Inquiring minds to be, have to know. Need to be in the know. There's got to be a reason behind it. And I, <laughs> and I want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. So stay tuned. And now... Is it time for a spiel? It's time for a spiel we do next? so I can go take some cough syrup and <laughs> go into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> well, after that very exciting episode, you guys, I can't believe if you enjoyed life. it, I, I, I still don't. I What? <laughs> what? What is life? Anyways, if you enjoyed this episode, please like, follow, and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Please follow us on social media. We are at The Incoherent Fangirl on all the things. Visit our website, theincoherentfangirl.com, where you can also stream all of our episodes as well as read our blog. We have many book reviews there, so please enjoy. If you would like to get early access to episodes, video episodes, some early announcements, bonus content, all the goodies and behind the scenes stuff, head over to theincoherentfangirl.com slash Patreon to subscribe and you can be one of the cool kids. I and... was going to start trying to sing the song, <laughs> cool kids. What is wrong with me? Don't your, I dare. Your brain is... is Don't I getting... dare. <laughs> if you would like to do some shopping and support the podcast, you can head over to our merch store, theincoherentfangirl.com slash shop. There's lots of really cute designs that cute this stuff. beautiful woman over here designed. She's amazing. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, suggestions, design ideas, you want to tell us that we're pretty... We will accept all we of will that. In our, in our... We'll especially take that this week when neither of us feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and we're right up against Victoria freaking Aviard, one of the most beautiful people in the world. Yeah. I know. It's so we unfair. Will, 
absolutely accept <laughs> any and all compliments this yeah, week. Send Please. us all your compliments. We need them. We're Please. <laughs> We need an ego like boost, Tinkerbell. okay? And then one final way to support the podcast is to rate and review on whatever platform we are list- you are listening to us on. We are not We're not listening, listening to you. Well, I mean, we'll listen to we you are listening, you but, us, but yeah. we're not but, listening to you right this second. <laughs> no, we're listening to each other. <laughs> yeah. But please rate and review. It would be weird if we weren't. <laughs> we would love to have your words. Please, please share. Yeah, share give your us words. your words. She is at Mandy Perv on all the things. She's at Ms. Made in China on all the things. And once you have followed us on social media and you followed the podcast on social media, you can head over and do some self-care and visit our internet besties and do some shopping. Starting with herecomesthenerd.com where you can use code FANGIRL to get 20% off your first order. Uh, then you're going to want to head over to Once Upon a Book Club. They're one of our favorite subscription boxes. You can We have two codes you can use. You can pick one. Um, they can't, you don't, they don't stack, but if you pick one, we love you no matter what. Um, you can use code Karen 10 or Mandy 10 and get 10% off. But just remember, you got to spell Karen right or you're Otherwise, not getting anything off. You will get 0% off. 0%. And disapproving looks from the both of us. Mm-hmm. And once you have done that. Shame gonna... looks. <laughs> She'll give and you a mom them. look and I'll give you an aunt look like you wouldn't believe <laughs> We have perfected it over the years. Yeah. We have we yeah. have done it for I live with teenagers. So you know that that TikTok sound? You think I'm afraid? Do you see my handshake? I live with two teenagers. <laughs> I'm not Facts. afraid of you. I'll give you the stern ant look. Facts. Spell <laughs> her name wrong. Try me. <laughs> that sounds really menacing. You do because <laughs> you are just a very menacing person in general. <laughs> And after you have not garnered our wrath for misspelling my yeah. name, you're going to head over to entrancingelixirs.com and get some tea and goodies and get cozy. Use code mm-hmm. FANGIRLTEA to get 10% off. And remember, unlike Karen, there is no I in FANGIRL. It's F-A-N-G-R-L-T-E-A. Then, of course, uh, we're getting closer and closer to more news from Amber D. Lewis for uh, everybody. You're going to want to go to amberdlewis.com, sign up for her newsletter so that you're the first to know um, announcements, join her Patreon so that you're the first first, even before the newsletter, to learn about cool things and get extra art and goodies. And if you use code FANGIRL10 in her shop when you're buying two to three of everything, you'll get 10% off your purchase. So just FANGIRL10, go support our girl, Amber D. Lewis, amberdlewis.com. And once you have finished supporting our internet besties, I think it's time to go and support the show husband. We do, we are quite fond of him here. I'm a little partial to him, I guess. (laughs) I called him, or he called me yesterday, and one of the guys, they're out filming with searchers right now, and one of the guys thought I was a ghost (laughs) in their footage. He was like, wait, that's your wife? She sounds like death. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, guys. This is great. So yeah, you're going to want to, uh, once you finish listening to this episode, go listen to the latest episode of The Paranormal Mind. Their episodes release the same day as ours. You can join their Patreon as well and get the same um, behind the scenes exclusive content. And they do a monthly giveaway um, for a ghost hunting device of some sort, an SLS. Don't know what that stands for <laughs> but it's cool and they're really cool they're like custom made you go to searchersbelieve.com and use code fangirl10 in their merch shop you'll get 10 percent off all of their merch was also designed by yours truly so 
I uh, I can vouch for how cool their merch is. <laughs> um, and then go follow them on all the things. Searchers Believe, The Paranormal Mind. We like them here. There's lots of content coming from them. He's He'll have been gone a week filming. Aww. They've been to three different locations. So keep an eye out, folks. <laughs> and that was a very freaking exciting episode. An exciting episode. <laughs> Fangirl. Thanks for listening. We love, we love you. you. Bye. Bye. We are sponsored by our friends at Here Comes the Nerd. Pins, stickers, magnets, and more. Here Comes the Nerd has happy art for all fandom-loving hearts. New customers can use coupon code FANGIRL during checkout for 20% off their first order at herecomesthenerd.com. Coupon applies to ready-to-ship items only.